Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. We're here today to talk about some content. <laughs> our actual tagline. We watch yeah. some content. <laughs> um, this is a, I guess we can call it a Netflix What Have You Done? Yeah, it is. And I would, I guess, categorize it as Netflix What Have You Done Airbnb edition? Mm-hmm. So we are talking about two quote-unquote Netflix originals. I believe one is actually original and one is ported over from Australian Cottage Life. Correct. Uh, so the first one, I guess, is Stay Here. And then we also watched Instant Hotel. Yeah. They're kind of on two ends of the spectrum of what I imagine would be the world of Airbnb content. That is correct. <laughs> Um, so yeah. Should we just move right along? Do you have any overall thoughts? Um, yeah. I will say that, <laughs> um, I feel like, I feel like there are some things about Airbnb culture that mm. I am not into that I feel like these two shows spent a lot of time obsessing over and it really bugged me and TLDR I blame Instagram <laughs> that's, I knew that's the what you were going to talk about <laughs> When you started that sentence, I was like, oh, no, it's the Instagrammable moments. Yep. <laughs> fair. Fair, it, fair, fair. Like, the only drinking game you need to play while watching these two shows is to drink whenever they talk about your social media moment. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to not take offense. <laughs> I... I appreciate it a lot more in Stay Here than I do in Instant Hotel. Sure. But we'll get there. Yeah. They're also both really catchphrasy. Like, mm -hmm. they, they're both, like, really corny. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea this was going to be so divisive. <laughs> I think they're corny in the ways that the genres they're emulating are corny. Sure, sure, sure. Or the genres that they kind of fit into. I wouldn't say they're, like, above and beyond corny. Right. But, I'll also um, say that Stay Here is good knitting yeah. TV. It's great knitting TV. Instant Hotel is not for nice people. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> One of these is a hate watch. Yes. You can decide which. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, 
Should we start on the for nice people end and go to the bad people end? Sure. Good place to bad place sure. situation? Okay. Uh, so stay here. I believe there's like six episodes, maybe a few more. Not too many. And the concept is they're taking like a reno show format, except for Airbnbs, for mainly people who don't use them as like their primary home. It's like a secondary home, which is like probably how an Airbnb should be. Uh, And they take them through kind of making changes that need to be made and then marketing them better so that they will make uh, whatever their goal is, like, monthly so that they can actually be profitable, (laughs) basically. Uh, And they kind of try to, like, teach them some good old lessons along the way. And um, they talk about like hospitality a bit too. Am I missing anything else that comes up in the show all the time? Nope. That okay. that's the whole thing. It's like the business model, the hospitality, and the interior design. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hosted by two people, right? Mm-hmm. It's been a little while since I watched them all in one day. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> I'm Kelsey and I watched my content on time. I don't know why you were shocked I had watched it yesterday. I definitely did not remember talking about this, but if I remember correctly, we were supposed to watch this when I was pregnant, and that's why. I mean, I watched it, like, over Christmas break, so it wasn't that long ago. Just kidding. But I think it's been on the radar for a long time. Sure, sure. But yeah. um, It's absolutely my shit. Yes. Agreed. And I like it. I like it on the same wavelength as like some of our other favorite <laughs> Reno shows, like Brojects. Yeah, I did think of Brojects while watching it. Like it's kind of Netflix didn't give a ton of budget <laughs> to stay <Yeah>. here, <laughs> but they do what they can. And, I don't know, it was fun. It has, like, a good rhythm to it. And even on the ones that are, like, not that exciting, you kind of, like, you don't feel trapped in it for forever. And I feel like sometimes when you're watching HGTV, you're just like, I can't listen to these people anymore. And this one at least kind of keeps it moving. Yeah, it's very fast. I was watching it while knitting. And... In case you were wondering, I was making Thrummed Mittens, which is an eight-row repeat, and um, and I had to make the thrums for the two rows that in- where you insert them, and that took three and a half episodes. Mm-hmm. Which, so, like, it's pretty speedy. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So, you watched... The houseboat? I watched The Houseboat, The House in Austin, The House in Malibu, yep. and about half of the one in New York in Brooklyn. Okay. What were your thoughts? So I have a long history with Genevieve Gorder. And I was happy to see her back doing her shit. <laughs> 
which is like low budget stuff that looks real good on camera and yep. real scary in person. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um I I'm really bored of the aesthetic in every single one of them. That's I, I that's fair. Yeah. That's why I blame Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, of this moment, and it will be tacky and outdated very quickly. Uh-huh. Yeah, in the, I, I mean, we'll get into it, but in the Malibu house, she took out the upper cabinets because it's, like, cool to not have upper cabinets. And I was like, that is some, that's just some bullshit right there. She was like, we yeah. have to take them out to extend the space. And when you look at the pictures, which I have in front of me because I pulled up all the listings, mm-hmm. um... She didn't actually, the way that she extended the space has nothing to do with the cabinets. So she just ripped out functional storage for no reason. Although my feeling is, and that's kind of a weird exception because she does live there some of the time, right. but generally speaking, an Airbnb is not the property that needs a ton of storage. Well, no, but eventually kitchen. that property has to be, like, sold. Well, yeah. Um... <clears throat> I also, so the format of an episode is they introduce the person. Yeah. Then they do a tour of the house and they like make mm-hmm. fun of the house, of course. Yeah. And then they dive very quickly into renovations and decor, which they don't actually spend a ton of time on. No, it kind of depends on what they need the most help with, I think, yes. in the house. And then they sort of do these, like, back and forths between Genevieve and the real estate guy, where it's, like, a little bit of design and a little bit of buzzwords about social media and marketing. Um, Yeah. And then they bring in a photographer to take Mm -hmm. the official pictures for the listing. Yeah. And then um, they do a, like, set of experiences with the homeowner. Yeah. So that they can list them in a binder. That's always the weirdest part to me. Agreed. Um, I've never, like, been to an Airbnb that offered me experience. No, I had a lot of questions about that. So, like, in the Malibu one, they go to this, um, like, villa on a hilltop and mm-hmm. have this, like, personal chef experience. Yeah. And where, first of all, there's, like, drizzling food on a tabletop and they keep saying it's the common plate. Yeah, and I was like, that's yeah. not really how plates work. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> sure, anyway. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they kept being like, and we can do this at Sharon's Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, like, how? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think some of these are just, like, outside of, like, my typical travel <laughs> Yeah, that's true. A lot of them are, like, not necessarily pitching to my um, budget. Yeah. And maybe that's something that people want. I mean, I think when they do, like, their local city guide things, I think those are great. Yeah. And helpful. But, yeah, some of the experiences are like, I don't want this, actually. Well, and, like, would you have to, would, like, the Airbnb owner, like put it on the listing as an option and you'd have to like be like yes I want this yeah and then like they'd take a chunk out of the whatever cost yeah or like would you just have to schedule it independently and it would just be listed in the binder like all the other experiences 
Yeah, I'd imagine that's what it is. And it's just like, it's, it may be an opportunity to get more money out of your rental. Yeah. It right? Like, I, they don't really pitch it as a business thing. Yeah, I no, agree. They, well, they're trying to make it sound like it's an essential part of of your property management. Like, you have to provide this as part of, like, the ambiance of your listing. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, I've stayed in a lot of Airbnbs, and I always, like, read the binder faithfully. And, like, I don't know that the experiences are – that people, like, write down are any more helpful than looking at Google. Right. Right. And so certainly in a situation where you're talking about, like, personal chef parties, I don't know. <laughs> I've never been that rich. No. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I do think some of the things that they are – suggesting as like conceptually or things that like if I was going to rent out my house as an Airbnb part-time like you could implement in some scale yeah like I think they have some good general concepts but I a gen like the the general concepts aside I really don't get the impression that it's meant to be educational no it's definitely more for funsies because they they move at like a lightning pace but they also just kind of repeat the same, like, buzzwords over and over again. So they mm-hmm. just sort of run around. They're not even that good at building a narrative in each episode. And so they just sort of run around going, the five-star guest, the five-star experience, luxury. Yeah. yeah. Um, social media moments. That's the other one. <laughs> this is the social media moment. This will be the cover <laughs> picture. It's your social media moment. <laughs> but, like... Joking aside, <laughs> that type of, like, idealistic view, if let's not call it a social media moment, but, like, a good shot on your Airbnb listing will get you more rentals. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that their methodology is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that I got tired of hearing it 40,000 times an episode. No, that's fair. That's fair. I also personally have a philosophy that takes issue with, like, everything being murals so that people can, like, take Instagram pictures mm-hmm. in front of it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm just bored of that subculture, but that's just my personal problem because I'm an old curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. I like the Malibu chairs, though. The Malibu chairs were very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. This show also reminded me a little bit of Mary Porter's Secret Shopper. Yeah. Because it definitely, like, uh, with house shows, generally speaking, you don't get the, like, feedback loop because it's just these people living there. So if they like it, great. If they don't, you know, that's their problem. But with Airbnb and the same with, like, the stores on Mary Portis, like, you fix things and there's a reason for it. And then you can actually get, like, the feedback of, like, oh, people are staying here and they like it or people are shopping here more. That was my biggest problem with it is they don't do, like, a check-in at the end of the episode. Like, they don't do a where are they now. I thought they did. No. At least not in the the three that I watched all the way through. Mm, I thought there was, like, some text on the screen, but I could be thinking of other shows, No. Hmm. Um, I noticed it with the houseboat episode because it just like cuts at the very end and I was like wait because they had never had a single rental so I was like really invested in what happened to them well can't you just go on Airbnb and see how busy they are and what they're charging oh that's true it's like a real real time where are they now (laughs) that is true 
Um, hold on. I have a listing page. It's in that article. Open. Yeah. I thought the houseboat, like, comes out really well, and it seems like a place that I would actually want to stay for, like, a night. Oh, yeah. So what do you look for in an Airbnb? Me, personally? Yeah. Um. We've shopped for Airbnbs together, so it's a bit of a leading question, but. But I feel like we may have different taste. I think probably. Like, my favorite thing about Airbnb is feeling like you have a house that isn't your house, but, like, you kind of, like, a house that's too fancy for your means. Uh Or an apartment that's too fancy for your means. So, like, I like to find one in a good location, but then one that has, like, cool features of some sort Mm -hmm. usually will draw me in if it's, like, a roof deck or, like, big picture windows or, like, something that I don't have in my own house. And... It was funny, actually, when we moved to our new house, I had this, like, two weeks of being, like, I just feel like I'm staying at an Airbnb before I realized it was my house. Yep. Which is, like, a weird thing that I feel like before Airbnb, like, you wouldn't feel like you were living in a hotel when you moved, but... Yeah. Now it's, like, a thing because I have stayed in, like, nice Airbnbs. Not, like, nice swank ones like these, but, like, (laughs) decent ones. But... I don't ever think I would pick one that was, like, a shared space with other guests or homeowners. Like, I don't love that idea. Um, but yeah, it's definitely the, like, aesthetics have to be something special for me to really want to stay there unless I'm, like, in a bind. Yeah. <clears throat> I. What about you? Um, I value location, parking... And bed size. <laughs> um, which is wild because in hotels I, like, couldn't give a shit. Just, like, give me a bed. Yeah. But in Airbnbs, like, I want a really fucking good bed. Uh. Um, because I, like, bedding in particular is a very important thing to me. Mm-hmm. And I never have puffy enough bedding. <laughs> and all of the Airbnbs I've stayed in have really good beds. So now it's, like, a thing. Oh. Um... I, I like, want them to have decent kitchens and decent bathrooms. And I do find that I'm generally drawn towards listings that have, um, like, more features. But then I feel like when I actually get to them, I never end up using them because I'm out in, you know, whatever place I'm in. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on what you're, like, what you're there for. Yeah. And how long you're there. Right. So generally my stays have been like three or four days at most. Yeah. And I'm in a place where I'm like, either if I'm not in a town where like I have friends who live there, I'm like, I don't know, somewhere I don't get to go often. So we're like out of the house. Yeah. Um. You know, from like basically the time we get up for breakfast until like after dinner. And by mm-hmm. then I like don't care about features anymore yeah um i only really like worry about the kitchen if i know for sure we're gonna cook there yeah i always try to get a listing with a good kitchen just so i have the option Mm -hmm. and i very rarely end up using it the biggest deterrent for me is if there is food in the kitchen so i stayed at an airbnb in dc in the spring 
that was like a really beautiful apartment in like a nice building. Um, and I think my impression was that the woman who owns it um, has some kind of like the story in my head was consulting job, but some kind of job where I believe she's in D.C. during the week and out of D.C. on the weekends. Yeah. And so rents her house out on the weekends. Um, because, like, the all of the refrigerator and the pantries had, like, all of her food. Mm-hmm. Like, including leftovers, which made me think she was going to be back on Ew. Monday. Um, oh, I don't like that. And, like, her dresser. I didn't mean to look inside of the dresser for what it's worth, but um, I can't remember why I had to open it. There was some reason. But anyway, the dresser had, like, her purses and her shoes tucked into oh. the drawer. And it was, like, fine. Like, I wasn't offended by it. But it yeah. is, it does kind of feel like, oh, I'm staying in someone else's house. Yeah. I definitely prefer the ones that are operated as, like, full-time Airbnbs. Agreed. Agreed. Because I don't like that feeling either. Yeah. And, like, I don't mind food if it's, like, clearly guest food. Yeah. That's, like, here's some staples in the pantry in case you need them. But I'm, like, not... Ew, that would gross me out. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. I don't even like, like, staple food. Like, I don't really want them to leave, like, amenity food behind. Like, I would, I don't think I would use it, but I don't mind that it's there. Because I always think, like, I want them to leave coffee, but then when there is coffee, I'm like, oh, this coffee is probably, like, seven months old. I'm not touching it. Yeah. Um... What else about Airbnbs? Kirstie and I stayed in a really janky one one time. <laughs> that was really fun. <laughs> we were very poor. We were very poor. It was nice for what we could afford. It was, like, fine. It was but huge. It was... Yeah, but it had, like, no furnishings. It had no furnishings, and you couldn't control the heat. Yeah. Which was pretty wild, because it was winter in Portland, Maine. Yeah, and, like, the kitchen wasn't really like a full it was definitely like a summer house yeah. like the kitchen didn't really function there was no tv and like maybe no wi-fi there was wi-fi but there was something weird about it yeah it was that was during our blogger day <laughs> and we were trying to make content and it was hard because of the wi-fi <laughs> this has been a better choice somehow <laughs> Of all of our failed collaborations. Right. (laughs) Yeah. This is like our fifth side project that we've attempted. Just so you guys know. And it's successful. It's successful. It's fine. It's fine. Um, So back to stay here. Yeah. Um, So I I pulled up the listings. The houseboat is no longer available. And the Austin house is no longer available. Really? Those are the only... I only pulled up three. So those two are no longer available on Airbnb. My best guess is that um, once the show aired, they probably, like, got inundated. Yeah. And had to take the listing down. Yeah. However, the Malibu house is still here. Oh, boy. It has 11 reviews. Mm Mm-hmm. That date back to May of 2018. Um, So it was like April, May, June, July. Those are all an individual one. 
or like individual ones. Mm-hmm. Another May, another June, an August, two Octobers, and two Januaries. So not bad. Yeah, but I feel like for being featured on a TV show and being in Malibu. Well, the article I found said that she still lives there part of the time. Oh, so you suppose this is just her time of year living there? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, that is hardly representative. I mean, according to this article, they're all still listed, but yeah. when I clicked on the thing, two of them weren't there, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. So I have to tell you about two that you haven't watched yet. Okay, okay. Because I had just wild thoughts. Why is this green? Why is what green? This, the Hudson Carriage House? Um, one of the it was pic- a life choice. One of the pictures is, like, so green. Yeah, they did- I didn't love that one. Anyway. Anyway. So there's one in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. And it's already, like, half started when they get there. Oh, but they're know, kind the of like one is the Palm Springs one. Sorry. Mm, this article yeah. is laid out poorly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically, they try to make a 70s era replica home. Nope. But like, if, it, knowing the types of people who go to Palm Springs, that is a genius idea. Sure. And so like, I, it was interesting because it was like such a novelty house that was like, if I'm going to go to Coachella, yeah. <laughs> like, this is where oh I would my stay. God, there's so much carpet around the jacuzzi. It's wild. It's, like, oh, real wild. Boy, every room is its own color. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, like, if you're going to do it, do it, right? Ooh, look at that paneling in that kitchen. That green mm-hmm. room. Hot damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes for $3,000 a night. Jesus Christy. Christ. They're doing it right. It's so then the other one <laughs> that was just a real choice was there was this, it's a DC Firehouse mm-hmm. episode. It's the last one. And the guy lives, he owns the full building that was an old firehouse. And it's two units. And the rental property is like, kind of like the shittier one by a long shot. Mm-hmm. And the one he lives in has, like, a loft space and a lower space with floor-to-ceiling, like, huge two-story windows, and it's, like, beautiful. And somehow they convinced this poor guy to move into the rental space and oh, convert no. his beautiful house into the rental property. And I just feel so sorry for him. That's so dumb. It feels like he gets a little strong-armed, and I'm like, I really want the where are they now for that one. Yeah, for sure. And, like, the they do some unnecessary things to it. I just felt so sad for him. Oh, some of the original pictures are still on the listing. Oh, really? There are, because, like, a- are one, two, three, four, like, really shitty pictures that are on the listing. Mm. That are definitely not the ones that the show photographer took. It's just, like, a little wild. It is. I. So here's the thing. Like, I get that you, like, want to make a lot of money, and so you want the best property possible, and the producers want um, to be able to turn around the most impressive property possible mm-hmm. because of, like, aesthetic and stuff. 
Right. Um, but moving out of your house into a shitty apartment so that you can rent out like your nice property that you live in is a dumb idea right that is stupid and i'm mad maybe he rents out the shitty space too now maybe yeah i just like it was sad yeah because like i would want to say that i lived in the cool firehouse Mm -hmm. and i don't think it's worth giving that up and i kind of wish he'd like made a fight over it yeah yeah, I agree. But. Well, if it were, like, if it were different and you were in, like, the, um, like, long-term business rental, like, executive rental mm-hmm. business or something like that where there's, like, long-term consistent money to be made. Sure. I could yeah. see the argument, but, like, not in the sharing economy. Uh-uh. Not for nope. Airbnb. Nope. Like, that's dumb. Yeah. So, that's Stay Here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really liked it, genuinely. Yeah. And I would, I'm, like, thirsty for more. I think it was exactly what it wanted to be. Yeah. I'll keep watching it. I'm mad <laughs> that it's continuing to push, like, the hardcore minimalist aesthetic and that there's so much whitewash shit, but... I'm just going to have to live with that until the next trend comes along. <laughs> there you go. Um, so do you want to tell us about the, uh, I guess, antidote to stay here? Yes. So um, we are no longer talking about nice people. No. It's all over with now. Mm-hmm. Um, so this show is an import from Australia uh, that Netflix licensed. It seems to be from everything I can read or find to read. It seems to be like well known in Australia. Like I think it's oh really like pretty widely watched. Okay, um, it's called Instant Hotel, by the way. Oh yeah, sorry, Instant Hotel. <laughs> That's the show. Yeah. Um. And it also appears to be part of like a family of reality TV shows in Australia. Um, they're not all, like, house-based or Airbnb-based, mm-hmm. but there's, like, uh, they're, like, shows of a similar spirit. Like the wedding one? Like the wedding one. Mm-hmm. Um, Was that Cheapest Weddings? Cheapest Weddings, yes. Yeah. Um, and so in this show, there are eight pairs of people. No. I think it's eight. I think it's six. Um, eight would be a lot of humans. They all... It's five or six. Hold on, hold on. It's four. Four couples. Eight people. Stay plus one hosts. Yes. Per episode. So it's five couples total. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It just feels like an overwhelming amount of people because of the overwhelming weight of personality. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So they, each of them have a house that is on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And they each, all of the pairs go around to each of these houses and take turns staying in them. Yeah. (coughs) And then... There's a scoring system 
mm-hmm. um, that is split between the contestants, an expert judge, and the homeowners themselves. Yeah. Um, so the the duos who stay in the houses judge the experience of staying there. Yes. The expert judge judges the property and um, the, like, hospitality experience. He's, like, mm-hmm. the business modeling man. Um, and the homeowners get to judge the other duos as um, renters. Yeah. Um, drawing from the idea that in the sharing economy, uh, you also get rated as a consumer. Yeah. Um, which I've only seen one episode of this, but I am very excited to see how that score plays out at the end of all of this. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because of a couple of individuals. And we'll get I have there. some gripes, but. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we will get there. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I'm not going to remember all of the names, but um, there's a young in love couple. Yeah. There's a like established married couple. Mm-hmm. There's a mother daughter pair. Yeah. And embarrassingly, I didn't know for a very long time that they were mother daughter. You, how? I got to like the end of the episode before I figured this out. And the whole time I was just so confused about what was going on there. <laughs> I mean, I'm still confused about what's going on. Oh, yeah, no, them being mother and daughter didn't actually explain the dynamic, to be clear. Nope. (laughs) That was why I was confused. I just, there's just a lot happening with those two. Mm -hmm. There's um, a gay couple. Mm -hmm. There's a much older couple who, um, one of them has a mullet. The the husband has a mullet. Yes. And they have, like, a 50s diner-themed mm-hmm. Airbnb. Yep. Which is hilarious. It's hilarious. Who am I missing? I think that's five. Okay. And then there's a host. There's a host. And um, I did read an article that said that there were multiple times when he almost walked out on the show. Oh, my God. (laughs) So it's not even just our opinion that this is not a show for nice people. Yeah. The host who gets paid money to be there was like, fuck this. Yeah. So the way it's laid out is that in the one season on Netflix, there's two waves of contestants. Oh, So I've only seen the first wave, which is the first five episodes, and I've seen one episode of the next one. Gotcha. And at the end, the winner from each goes head to head. Oh, interesting. So I'm not done yet, but those first five episodes I watched when I had the flu, Uh and I was like, whoa. (laughs) 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 What have I done? They are wild. It's wild. This is like, it's like the hate watch made just for me. Yes. Because it, you know, it's taking like, take stay here, something I really liked. Yeah. <laughs> it's taking a lot of like the elements of a good like judgy house show, mm-hmm. except it's like infusing it with bad reality TV. It's so dirty. It's like mid 2000s like survivor like you feel grimy watching it oh yeah it feels absolutely filthy 
<laughs> but you can't stop. You can't stop. <laughs> and it's just so layered because there's like like the mother daughter pair and the gay pair like hate each other from the beginning, which you know from their packages that they're going to. And <laughs> it's like so gross. And also, I just, like, ate it up. But then yes. also, like, the, like, retro 50s mullet couple are, like, yeah. very sweet oddballs. They're so – they are the nice people only. They are the nice people only. And the whole time, I – they would, like, go back and forth between, like, the two pairs that were fighting and then this pair who's sort of, like, mm-hmm. off, like, having their own grand adventure. Oh my and god, they're like, so nice. I just want the show about these two. Like, I just wanted to protect them. I know. Like, keep them away from the mean people. Yeah. They're, so it's just all over the place. Yeah. So they start every episode with them driving to their next destination. <laughs> so I want to break this down for a couple of different reasons. <laughs> First of all, each couple drives themselves all across Australia in their own vehicles rather than getting them on, like, one caravan. Uh-huh. And they each have an iPad that suddenly goes, like, bleep, you know where you're going now while they're driving. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they kind of go through and, like, judge the listing as they're driving. And then when they arrive at their destination... now. Granted, they're driving all around Australia, and Australia is very big. It's not super clear if this is done, like, on separate weekends, like, Bake Off style, or if this is one continuous trip. Either way. I read somewhere that it's the first option. Okay. So, each contestant has a minimum of, like, three full-size suitcases with them Uh for their one night away. Uh (laughs) And no one ever explains it to me. (laughs) No. No, because the first time they show it is when the mother-daughter pair Mm -hmm. get out of their car and there's, like, 9,000 suitcases. And so I thought that that was, like, a plot point. I thought it was them being extra. Yeah, exactly. I thought, like, a producer had been like, you know, do whatever you want, and then they showed up with all these suitcases so that it could be, like, a big joke. Right. But then you can see the other cars in the background being unloaded, and, like, everybody (laughs) has them. And, like, you're going away for one night. You need an overnight bag. Uh Like, you do not, you do not need all this stuff. Unless, I mean, every single one of these is in, like, a very different part of Australia. And Australia is mm-hmm. very, very, very big. So conceivably, it could take, like, three weeks. You know? I suppose, but, like, I, I just feel like if that's the case, then there's a better way to get people from one place to another than to having five individual cars get there. I mean, I figured, and I don't know that this is true, but I figured that what was happening is... Um, the show was secretly flying everybody to a point close to the Airbnb and then putting them in rental cars and just like making it look like they did the drive. Yeah. But they're flying them with all those suitcases then? I don't know. (laughs) So in the first episode, one of my favorite things happens, which is the mother and daughter pair like drive off the side. Yeah. I still don't even understand how they managed it. I don't know, but that's the instant I knew I hated them. Uh-huh. They are 
without a doubt, the worst people I have ever seen uh-huh. on television. So the mom's name is Babe. <laughs> and the daughter's name is Bondi, which she qualifies as, because they're from Bondi Beach, uh-huh. and she says, I named her Bondi because I liked the way the words sounded. Uh-huh. What? Her, yeah. She's named after the place where, where she they lives. live. So their names are Babe and Bondi. <laughs> and it's unclear to me, like, how old the daughter is meant to be because she acts like a 14-year-old, but she may be, like, 25. Yeah. She, yeah, I mean, she acts like she's 14. She drinks like she's 20. Yeah. And she's probably, like, 25 to 27. Yeah. I also yeah. don't know how old Babe is supposed to be, though. <laughs> she's trying to be a lot younger than she yeah, is. Yeah, Babe It's probably, like, 48, but drinks like she's, like, 18. Yeah. Yeah, she's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So, they're a hot mess. And the other thing that's interesting about all of the Airbnbs is that none of them are, like, mind-blowing. No, they're all fine. Yeah, they're, like, decidedly fine. But Which is, like, I don't hate that as a level playing field because I think it's interesting because you can find more things that you can judge. Yeah. But, like, they're, I just, I don't, I'm trying not to spoil it for you, but <laughs> I also have some real feelings. So I'm going to spoil it anyway. Yeah, you gotta. The entire first five episodes, the gay couple has some opinions. It's Leroy and... The guy who isn't Leroy. Yeah, Leroy is really the one who matters here. <laughs> Leroy matters. And for the first couple episodes, I'm like, yeah, Leroy, right. you tell him how it is. Because he's the only one who's like, no, this place sucks for X, Y, Z reason. Or he's like, this is dirty. Or uh, I wish I had they're... written it down, but he, I think I sent it to you. He has a really good quote about like how his taste is superior to everyone else's. <laughs> yes. And like... They're the types of people who they make a point of telling you that they travel with their own pillows because they yeah. won't use other pillows because you don't get as good of a night's sleep and like Well, and that's that- one of the like things they're supposed to score on and they're like we can't score on this. Mhm. <laughs> they're so extra. And so they spend the whole time Like, just talking about how much better their taste is. And he's, like, an interior designer, so he judges everyone for their interior design. Can I tell you that I found the quote? Yes, please tell me what it is. He said, I don't believe in being negative and critical, but if the situation warrants it. Yes! Same. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, wow. I don't think I've ever found anyone who could so succinctly sum up my whole deal. That's the new title of our podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so they basically tear everyone down the whole way through, and they're the last place that they go. And Does it suck? Please tell me it sucks. It sucks so bad! Oh my god, I have been waiting for that since he said that line. Yes! 
Kirsty, it's in the middle of a like suburban sub development. No. And it's like I think they get the lowest score out of everyone. That's amazing. <laughs> and it's so bad and they're so salty about it. This article it's just says like, that um throughout the season they like it I'll just quote it. It says, some of the guests, namely Babe, Bondi, Brent, and Leroy, start getting crueler and crueler, culminating in cutting digs, like calling one instant hotel a mausoleum of the mundane. Mm-hmm. And saying another's decor looks like lipstick on a gorilla. Mm-hmm. And this is only scratching the surface of the casual savageries being tossed around. Oh, yeah. It gets just so much. They also describe it as a low-stakes, high-drama train wreck. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yes. So, there's also drama with the young and love couple. Uh Uh-huh. That was really interesting. Because they have by far the nicest Airbnb. And the other contestants basically, like, deduct points because they don't believe that they bought the house themselves. What? Yes. That's so they so basically dumb. like they basically decide that like their parents must have bought it and given it to them, so therefore they shouldn't even be on the show. What? <laughs> yes. Which actually that's... turns out to be true. However, well, sure. But that's not one of the criteria last time. No. So they're like, I don't get why you don't like our house that's like vastly better than every other. House. Oh my god. So that becomes a thing. And it's just wild. And, like, the couple with the 50s house starts to, like, they get righteously mad at the best times. And all, But they're, like, in a way that, like, when your parents are always nice and then get mad at other people yes. and you're like, whoa. How did everybody react to their house? I've been very concerned about this. They actually, like, mostly liked it. Oh, good. The young and love couple make a whole stink about not drinking, so, because they, they go to wineries around there, ah. and so they're like, I don't know what activities we're going to do since we don't really drink. <laughs> God. So they're, like, a mess, but everyone else, like, drinks a lot of wine, and it's actually, like, one of the better houses. It's it's not everyone's taste, I wouldn't say, no. but, like, the they have fun there, like and they the get Like, the experience it. of being there is good. And those people love their house so much and they like the prize of the whole show is that you get to fly to america and they've never been to america before but they've bought all this stuff and had it shipped oh my god so i'm like just give them the goddamn prize let them go right like that's all they want to be happy my favorite fucking thing is that the prize is that they get to be flown to la and they say they like announce this like it's this like really special thing it's and so special. <laughs> it's special, all right. Like, the value of whatever they spent to bring all these people around to all these places is probably more than the value of that price. Yes. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah. There was something I was just going to say about that couple, and now I can't remember. Oh, no, I know what it was. This show makes a much better use of the experiences yes. than Stay Here did. So they, um, the episode structure 
in this show is like all the couples have to drive to the place. They get the ping on the iPad. They arrive. They fight and squabble over rooms. And then yep. after they have some time to like tour the place, they um, all get shipped off to one of the experiences yeah. in the area. So I watched the first episode and they get to go like alligator hunting mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And then they go to like the local dive bar. Yeah. Which I think is like really endearing. I understand I why that particular travel package isn't everyone's deal. But when I travel, I like going to the towny dive bar. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was really charming. And it's hilarious because everybody, it's like the one moment where Babe, Bondi, Brent, and Leroy get along. Mm-hmm. Because they're like really unhappy to be at this like motorcycle bar. <laughs> <laughs> but then Mike, who's the guy with the mullet, yep. just like stands yep. up and is like, fuck you guys. And he goes and hangs out with <laughs> With all the it's people so in the good. bar. And he's, like, their best friend. Yeah. It's so good. It's interesting. The way they use the experiences is, like, one, to get them to understand, like, the location they're in right. better and judge, like, proximity to things. And two, like, it helps kind of, it helps for those people who, like, may not like the house but right. have a good time on the experiences or vice versa. So... It's interest. It's like a nice, interesting layer. And sometimes it's like they split off into two groups, and like one group will do one experience, mm-hmm. and one group will do the other. And it's fascinating. Like they take the mother. I think it's the mother daughter group. Go like spear fishing. Oh my god! <laughs> and the daughter, who's we need to get to in more detail, just like loves stabbing fish with a spear. Wow loves it and you're like i i think i'm scared of you (laughs) like maybe don't let her have yeah the spear yeah um the one thing i think is a little i agree with you that it's an interesting layer and i like that it's in the show but the thing that i thought was like a little unfair about it is that it's part of the scoring criteria yeah and so Like, the first house is in the middle of nowhere in northern Australia in, like, this really, like, rural, um, like, backwoodsy kind of place. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the people scored it pretty negatively because there's, like, nothing to do. Yeah. And I feel like if you're traveling to that part of the world, you have a reason to be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like just throwing a bunch of randos, like taking Babe and Bondi and putting them in like the Australian Bayou yeah, is not a fair representation of the quality of that Airbnb. No. And they're not really asked to judge it based on like if you were the target demo. Yeah. No. It's just like, how did you feel about alligators? <laughs> right. <laughs> I also think that judging overall... I think they get stuck into a bit of a trap with the 1 to 10 scale. Uh-huh. I think it should be at least a 1 to 5 because most of them in almost every location waffle in that, like, 7 to 9 mm-hmm. yep. area. And it's like, that's very indecisive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes it for, like, a pretty even playing field all the way through rather, rather than, like, having a little bit more stakes, I think. Right. Like, weighting um, that score more. Yeah. And I wish that the, like, uh, 
the ratings for the people who are staying there were by couple and not as a group. Oh. I think that would change it a little bit, too. Gotcha. Because I think some people skate by on, like, the heels of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, so how do they, like, weight that at the end? So is it scored by wave? Yes. So the whole, like, first wave was scored as one group. Um, what do you mean? So every time they stay, like, the owner gets their score. Yeah. But then all the guests get whatever number they're given as a group assigned to them. And it adds on to their house score, too. Oh, okay. So it's basically just, like, a cumulative point total. So, like, Babe and Bondi aren't getting, like, trashed in every stay because they're getting the group score. Yes, which is my problem. Yeah. Because that girl sleeps until the second they have to leave and then is so rude about it. Yeah, she's late all the time. Like, the homeowner showed up and was like, hi, I need to clean now. And she was still, like, in bed. And the producer came and was like, we told you you needed to be out of bed already. Yep. Yep. It's great. Um, I read this like interview with the host and he like alludes at one point to one of the challenges being that um a lot of people are hungover and so the mornings are hard yeah <laughs> because you're trying to like run a show and you yep. have people who are like still asleep and i was like we all know who you're talking about right i do like that the first house and this happens in both the first set of five episodes and the second set. Uh-huh. Because you're the first house, you're kind of at a disadvantage as the host. Right. But you're also, uh, the people staying there don't know that they're getting raided until after they've had that full stay. Yes. So it's also like a surprise on them. And in the first episode of the second group, they like trash this house. Oh no. And don't clean it up. And they, I feel like they don't get harsh enough ratings but it is like a like oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck yeah yeah that's so funny and if you can imagine the second group is worse than the first group i can imagine because they got to easy in right like they got to give you the feel of the show and then they can really like sucker punch you with it honestly i haven't gone back to it since that first episode of the second set because i just don't know if i can (laughs) yeah it's a lot. It's the thing a whole for lot. me with shows like this, like shows that are not for nice people only, um, this was true of Cheapest Weddings as well. Mm-hmm. And like The Bachelor and like any shitty reality TV show is yeah. there's like a moment when I start watching it where I like it's all it's like an addiction, right? Like I have to have more. Like you yeah. have like I have to have all of this, I have to, like, immerse myself in it. I need it's as much It's a train wreck, and you can't look away. You can't like... look away. But then the second I get away from it, I'm like, oh, my God, that was so toxic. <laughs> right? It's like, I need to, I need a cleanse. Yeah. And then it makes it hard to go back and keep watching it. Yeah, I'm definitely, like, struggling. And I'm also struggling because I know who won the first wave. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's... It's Babe and Mondi. Of course they did. <laughs> of course they did. And wait, 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 wait. We can't go on until I explain. <laughs> I almost forgot this. <laughs> Kirsty, 
their apartment is margarita themed. Yes. I need you to watch this, but basically <laughs> their rule book demands that everyone has to have a margarita and like it. <laughs> and like and it. Mullet Man is like, I don't drink margaritas and I don't like margaritas. And they like force him to have a margarita <laughs> and he like doesn't finish it. And they rate the guests low because he doesn't drink his whole margarita. <laughs> which is just so funny. I just can't with that. But the second part of that is that they live upstairs. Oh, And no. they host a margarita happy hour. No. And so they come down no. and they bring no. a, like, male stripper no. bartender. <laughs> no. And that's their experience. No. I reject I reject this. It's so uncomfortable. Oh my god. It's so uncomfortable. It's terrible. And there's a fucking mural of Bondi in in the house. And there's another portrait of Babe in the house. Yep. And they think that that's beautiful. No, it's not. They're holding margaritas in the murals, for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. I am currently looking at the listing. And in their living room. Yeah, go ahead. In the living room, there is a, like, seating corner (laughs) by the fireplace with two clear acrylic chairs with purple cushions. Yeah. And above them is a large branch (laughs) with a fake white peacock. Yep. Whose tail feathers are resting on one of the chairs. Yeah. Now that's the five-star experience for the five-star guest, if ever I've seen one. Yeah. 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 It's fucking wild. Uh-huh. And I... I just don't know. All their rooms are sexual themes. Yeah. Um, in a really neat way. And their, like, gift boxes are themed appropriately, and then they have, like, Barbie, but strong sexual content Barbie Mm-mm, as the mm-mm. portraits on the walls. And there's pictures of Babe with, like, naked men as, like, a like a pinup calendar situation. Like, it is unreal. And like, I have so many questions for these people. <laughs> Do you see now why I was confused for so long? As to what their the nature of their relationship was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so just confused. like It's horrifying that like one of those people lived on this planet and then decided to create another one of those people to live on this planet. Yep, that's what happened. Do you think like, my daughter is going to be whoa. disappointed that I'm not going to go into business with her? Um. <laughs> <laughs> with a uh, margarita slash stripper themed Airbnb. Oh, you're not? I thought that was on the roadmap. No, it's not at this point in time. You know, anything could still happen. You know, I guess you're right. Can I just tell you that Brent and Leroy's house does not have a carbon monoxide detector? What? <laughs> Under the list of amenities carbon monoxide detector is crossed out 
And there's a little note on the web from the website that says that they have not reported having a carbon monoxide detector on the property. I'm concerned. I don't know what's going on in Australia, y'all, but safety first. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, so Australian people <laughs> are buck wild. Yeah. Australian television is just the most. The most. It's so trash. It's so trash. Like, it's possible that there is Australian television that isn't trash. I don't want to trash all of it. <laughs> right, right, right. What Netflix is bringing to us from Australia is garbage. It is, like, dirty television. Not, like, strong sexual content, just, like... No. Just, like, what is happening with people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, if Eleanor and Jason from The Good Place could make television content. Yeah, it is truly, like, what Mike Schur thinks Florida and Arizona are. (laughs) Which, by the Let's way, he's not blame wrong about Mike Schur. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't think he's wrong about Arizona either, but I don't have as much concrete evidence, so you know. Mm. Interestingly, we don't seem to have downloads in either of those two places, so like, I can judge with impunity. <laughs> Does that mean we're highbrow? Yes, it's <laughs> all I've ever wanted. <laughs> Yeah, yes. it's so it's really fucking petty. Yeah. Um, if you are interested in Airbnb Netflix content, feel free to take either one of these avenues and tell us what you think about it uh, at Hate Watch with us on Twitter or hatewatchwithus.com, I guess you could go there to tell us about it if you wanted to email us somehow. I think there is um, like a listener submission feature somehow on that website yeah We've or you can just gotten, send us like, an email <laughs> so. yeah yeah try hate watch with us at gmail.com that's a better place yes um you can also find podcasts that i don't think talk about australian airbnb <laughs> trash garbage television um over at thoughtable audio they have a lot of other shows like Loud Women or Beer with Geeks or Academy Rewind or Supergirl TV Talk, you should check those out. And you can find them at Thought Bubble FM on Twitter, thoughtbubbleaudio.com, and all the places that you are listening to this podcast. Yeah. 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 And this may be the last week. I, yeah, I think by the time this posts, it will be your last week to enter us in the Sam Hugh and Charity CrossFit contest. Um, Please do it. You can't. You can't sit there. You can't have gotten through a fucking hour of this podcast and then sit there and look me in the fucking eye through your headphones and tell me that you don't want the episode of this podcast where we tell you what it was like to meet Sam Hewen at a personal (laughs) whiskey tasting before a gala about using CrossFit to cure blood cancer. I can't even go on from there. Don't you want us to have that experience? You can't tell me that you do not want us to tell you that story. 
And if that is something that you want to see in the world, then you should enter us in the charity CrossFit contest. The link is in our episode description and the episode description of the last several episodes. Please enter us in this competition. Please. We entered ourselves, so we're fully vested. Yeah. We make no money from this podcast. (laughs) We make jack shit from this podcast. (laughs) Except for the joy and love of the universe that we carry with us. But you know what's better than that? What's that? Meeting Sam Hewen and going on a (laughs) hike with him before a personal training session. Don't you want us hear, to hear us talk about how both of us hate fitness and are going to endure multiple fitness activities with Sam How much would you pay for the pictures of me looking at a weight machine for the first time since I was like a freshman in high school? Honestly? With Sam Hewitt standing next to me. I think if you put Kirsty and I in a gym environment together, we would not be able to get up off the floor from laughing, so. <laughs> Kelsey and I were talking about it, and I was like, I will lift exactly one kettlebell. <laughs> and I mostly chose that joke because that's the one bit of fitness vocabulary I felt comfortable going with on the fly. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. want this content. I know you do. Enter us in the Sam Hewen Charity CrossFit Contest. This is your last week. Yes. If you enter us, we will write you a heartfelt thank you note. Yeah. You just have to tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to give us, like, proof. Oh, my God. What if people have been, like, entering us but not telling us? <laughs> We'll know if we get picked, right? Yeah, right? Like, what if all five of our listeners had, like, really gone hard on this for us? Oh, thank you, guys. (laughs) (sighs) Well, on that note. On that note, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Wine. Excellent. I'll be okay. I thought about getting wine because it kind of felt like a wine night, but you know, wine is hard for me. I know wine is hard for you. <laughs> Honestly, committing you to know, anything if, was hard for me today. If we lived in the same area, I could drink your leftover wine. <laughs> I know. It would be so good. It would be good. Start bringing my half empty bottles of wine on the bullet train. right we have in my dreams right and then that would be practical (laughs) (laughs) they would definitely allow open containers on (laughs) high speed rail they're allowed on the Amtrak isn't that the same oh is it yeah I thought it was only like the ones that you buy on the Amtrak though well like I don't know Put your wine in a, like, other bottle of alcohol. Not alcohol. (laughs) That's, like, the move. You're supposed to bring your own wine in, like, a Coke can. (laughs) Amtrak has it out for wine. Right. (laughs) There's no rule already.
Whatever. <sighs> it's my my fantasy bullet train. It has liquor laws. <laughs> cool train. <laughs> okay, shut up. <laughs> it's a fucking sound sample. <laughs> okay, now. <laughs>